Hey guys, I have a question for you. How do you spread abundance? This year, Joe and I are spreading even more abundance by giving out insights on money, wealth strategies, and resources in our current newsletter, Creating Abundance in 52 Weeks, that we want to share with you for free. So sign up right now as you're listening to this episode on our website at www.abundantculture.co. That's .co slash newsletter, www.abundantculture.co slash newsletter. Don't let delay get in the way of your abundant year. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Abundant Culture Podcast. Where we dissect the mindsets and tactics of the true beast of business. People like Gary V, Grant Cardone, and Warren Buffett. All to create a blueprint to experience life more abundantly. Almost everyone is working from home right now due to the pandemic, which can cause a lot of binge watching of shows like Ozark or whatever it is you like to watch on Netflix right now. And it's fine not to let yourself get overwhelmed and relaxed, but there's still work that has to be done. So this week, we've teamed up with a productivity strategist to get some helpful tips on working from home. She teaches busy, time-crushed solopreneurs how to build their own successful home-based businesses without the overwhelm. Through her online courses and business resources while still freelance writing and hosting the Indie Weekly podcast. And in this episode, we're covering time management techniques, how to productively get through tasks that you don't like doing, and how to prevent burnout and so much more. So get ready to listen to and learn from Sagan Morrow. Hi, Sagan, and thank you again for coming on to the Abundant Culture Podcast. We are so appreciative of you coming onto the podcast to give some more insight to our listeners, especially during right now, during this time of crisis when everybody probably needs your help working from home. <laughs> but before we get into all the meat and potatoes and all the stuff, uh, we have to ask you, what is that backstory? How did you get to this point? How did you get into business? Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I started out about 10 or 12 years ago as a freelancer. Uh, as a freelance writer and editor. And I really decided to do that because I just absolutely love writing. And I also really wanted the freedom and flexibility of being my own boss. So that was really important to me at the time. Uh, and over the years, you know, as I, as my business sort of pivoted and I would add new pieces and get rid of old pieces as things sort of went on, what I, what I found was that people started really asking me a lot of questions around how I was able to manage everything in my business. Um, and, and this is especially true because I'm multi-passionate, right? So I do the freelance writing and editing. I have a blog and a weekly newsletter. I host the Indie Author Weekly podcast. I write romance novels. I have a whole bunch of different hobbies. So I always have like a lot of different things going on. And there were just so many questions that people were asking me around like, how are you managing your time? How are you able to do all these different things? And how are you able to finish projects, right? You're not just starting these different things, you're actually following through on them. So because I was getting all these different questions, what I started doing was teaching about productivity and time and energy management and organization. 
um, especially for people who are multi-passionate or who are just juggling a lot of different things in their lives and their business. Um, so these days, that's really my, prim my primary focus is teaching about productivity. So I teach, um, I have the Productivity Powerhouse online course, um, and I really work a lot with clients through that program to really help them improve their productivity. And I still do all the other things, but um, just because this was such an important thing for so many people, that's really what I've, what I've taken to focusing on. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. And I like the uh, terminology you used, uh, multi-passionate, because I was just watching this um, video with Gary Vee today, and it was this lady on there who was multi-passionate. And uh, I think a lot of people have this, um, this old ideology that you have to, you know, hunker down and focus on one thing and become an expert at that thing, as opposed to you know, you like baseball, but you also like soccer. And then you also do a little bit of art on the side. And I think where um, there's a generation of entrepreneurs coming up that aren't just passionate about this one thing, but they're passionate about many things. And I think the, the fact that you are able to help those people uh, juggle those things effectively and actually be productive in them, I think that's a, 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 an extremely great idea honestly because i would consider myself multi-passionate yeah. um and sometimes it affects her because she's the a-type personality i'm a more little b-type uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it plays out pretty interestingly but um it's great that you do that for sure mm -hmm. and yeah, then, um i also love how um i also shared this with you like the other day when we were on our call um that i love how you just pivoted into doing what everyone was asking rather than you just like um yeah i'm just gonna do this like you you just kind of went with the flow and i don't think a lot of people do that or even think of it as that but um, that's something that we've thought of and that's kind of how like our business evolved as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like pivoting, I mean, because we change, right? As people, as business owners and our businesses themselves, all of these things change. We're not the same person that we were a few years back. So why, why should we then always keep doing the exact same thing we've, we've always done? So yeah, I think that's such an important piece is having that that ability to pivot and recognizing when our interests change or when our audiences need something different, being able to accommodate that is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some uh, time management techniques that uh, people can uh, really use, especially with everything going on in the world? Every, you know, a lot of people are working from home or honestly, a lot of people may be looking for work at home. Um, what are some time management techniques that they can use, whether they're A-type personality or B-type personality? <laughs> well, I would definitely say that right now, especially when there is so many, there's so much flux happening, right? There's our day-to-day -day lives are changing constantly, um, especially if people have children at home and they can't really keep that exact same schedule every day of, you know, eight o'clock I do this, nine o'clock I do this, 9.30 I do this every day. Um, and because of that, one of the ways that we can manage our time much more effectively is to create a daily routine of the order 
in which we work on different tasks. So rather than having a very set rigid schedule in terms of what time we work on different things, it's more about having the, the same order every day. So, you know, if you have, say, for example, check emails, then do client work, then post on social media, then do some administrative tasks, right? But it's really about the order. So it doesn't matter so much how many uh, times we're interrupted throughout the day or what time we wake up, if we need to be like sleeping a little bit more and getting more of that rest and that kind of thing. It's really about taking that decision-making out of the process so that we don't need to think about what do I need to work on after I'm done this task. We always know every single day I will work on this, then this, then this. And it accommodates for this very changing sort of time in our lives so that we don't have to worry so much about being on this set schedule. So that's definitely one of the first things that we can do for managing our time more effectively. That's really going to save that time and energy from making those decisions constantly. And it's going to enable us to get things done and have a clear understanding of what we're supposed to work on. It gives us a, a semblance of control over our day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. Another And another tip that I would highly recommend too is creating internal deadlines. Uh, so kind of thinking of ourselves as our own clients. And I know that a lot of people have issues with, with meeting deadlines, right? We're constantly procrastinating on tasks or pushing things back. And a lot of that comes down to not being honest with ourselves about how long something really takes. And it also comes down to uh, not recognizing that, again, during this type of time, our energy levels are constantly changing and everything like that. So we need to be very aware that things are probably going to take us a little bit longer than we think. So if we can have internal deadlines for ourselves, it gives us that extra buffer time. And whether that is doing client work and then planning to get it done ahead of time so that we have that sort of extra bit of time to work on it if an obstacle comes up, or if it's just our own tasks that we're working on within our businesses, really setting ourselves some kind of a time frame, some, time of, some kind of deadline um, so that we can plan accordingly, having those sort of internal deadlines for, okay, this is the absolute time when it needs to be done, but then how can I work backwards? How can I give myself an extra few days of grace period before that? So, you know, my deadline is actually three days in advance. Um, and that way, if you happen to miss that deadline, it's not such a big deal because the real deadline is still a couple of days away. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that is another important piece. And the third time manage management technique that I want to share is to really focus on only multitasking when you are combining mindful and mindless tasks. So things like organizing your home office while listening to a podcast episode, right? So something that requires your brain's attention versus, you know, something that is more of a hands-on type of task. And really that's, that's the only kind of effective multitasking that we can really do. Um, but we can still take advantage of it. That is a, is a type of multitasking. So we can do a couple of things at the same time. And the real thing there is just making sure that we are combining mindful and a mindless tasks. So not trying to do two things that require our attention, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that would, that, those are definitely the, the top three sort of time management techniques that I would recommend at this point for people. Yeah. I love those. And all of those are really great because I, I really like the first one because um like I I get I'm blessed enough to I get to wake up whenever I want nowadays. 
And I noticed that like every time I try to like schedule something like time-wise, for some reason it, it, it doesn't work out. I either procrastinated or woke up too late or, you know, something else kind of threw a monkey wrench in it. But I'm, I'm a person that is very habit driven. So even though I might not do it at the same time every day, like I do things in the same order. Like today, I basically, I check my email, then my bank account. Um, if I didn't have a podcast, I would have read app right after that um, or prayed. I believe I pray first and then I uh, read. And then after that, somewhere in the day, I exercise and then um, I do whatever creative work that I have to do. So that's something that I feel like will really, really work for me. Um, especially if I start writing it down, which would be a lot better, <laughs> but also the idea, um, behind matching the mindful task with kind of the mindless task is something that I really, really love also because I just love listening to podcasts and I hate driving, but I have to drive a lot. <laughs> so anytime <laughs> I'm driving, I'm listening to a podcast most of the time or like a YouTube video and uh, what I think that really does for a lot of people is it it also speeds up the time that it takes them to learn maybe a new skill or a craft or to master something because you just really immerse yourself in it while, you know, you're cleaning or, you know, driving or whatever the case may be. And I think those are some really brilliant techniques that can make a huge difference, especially now where everybody has not very much to do yeah. currently. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, so how can someone like productively get through a task that they don't really like doing? Because I know I procrastinate a lot when it comes to admin work now because I just hate doing admin work. I hate opening up letters and having to file them. It's just annoying. <laughs> yes. So one of the most important foundational pieces with getting through tasks that you don't really like doing is understanding why this task matters, right? What, why is it so important? What is the purpose of this task? And also understanding what is it about this task that I don't like? So when we can understand specifically what it is, then we can actually take action on that and figure out the best ways to make it more enjoyable. And I really like, uh, you know, applying some kind of gamification when at all possible, really gamifying things or making things uh, look more pretty, right? Like I, I'm very big on, a, on aesthetics. So I have like my home office is just covered in color-coded sticky notes and that kind of thing because it looks very pretty to me. Yeah. Um, and I find that the more that we can make things more interesting for ourselves or gamify them or, um, you know, pair them pair that task with something else that we do enjoy, right? So such as the admin tasks with, you know, if it's, if it's a, if it's something like data entry that doesn't really require your brain power, then combine that with like a podcast you love listening to, for example, mm -hmm. um, those types of things can be really helpful. Another thing that we can do to really be productive with those tasks that we don't like is to do them on a more frequent basis. So I used to despise dealing with any kind of bookkeeping or tax stuff. I hated it. So I would put it off. I'd procrastinate on it and then the entire year would go by and I would have 
everything for the entire year that I had to deal with. And it was just, it made it so much worse. But nowadays, every single Friday, I go through and I do my bookkeeping and, and all of those pieces. And it takes me maybe 10 minutes a week, right? So by doing it much more frequently, it makes the amount of time that you have to spend on it um, it's, it's much more manageable. It doesn't feel as daunting and overwhelming. So when we can increase the frequency of it, and also, again, it comes back to really understanding, okay, why does this matter? What's it, what is its purpose? And what don't I like about it? When we can understand those sorts of, of foundational pieces, then we appreciate doing those tasks more. So it takes less time on our, on our part because we are doing it more frequently, especially if it's part of our routine, such as, you know, first thing Friday mornings or whatever it happens to be. Um, and that just, yeah, it, it really, it really helps us get through and be able to get it done and appreciate it and kind of reframe it, right? Look at it from this completely other, other perspective. Yeah. And I, I really think that's a genius thing to do because I, I really believe that consistency cures so many different types of things. Um, and that's just been my belief ever since. I, I believe it was this entrepreneur named David Meltzer. And he was talking about um, he would rather uh, meditate for two minutes a day every single day as opposed to maybe 20 minutes on like Saturday. Uh, because, you know, anything could derail that 20 minutes on, on Saturday. And then all of a sudden you're a week behind. Um, and in my own life, that's something that I've kind of instinctually started to do is like, oh, I don't like doing this task. Let me do it as often as possible and for the shortest amount of time possible. So it doesn't bother me very much. And it's been working out like before I never used to check my bank account. And then I used to, when I was younger, had overdraft fees like all the time because I didn't transfer money to it or whatever the case may be. And now that literally never happens anymore, regardless of um, how low or, you know, how much cash I have on hand, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's these small things that could literally take minutes sometimes, but we don't like to do them. So like when we do get around to it, it's kind of like either too late or, you know, it, it becomes a bigger problem. So mm -hmm. I think that's a brilliant technique to really just get through, through those tasks that you don't really appreciate doing all the time. Yeah, for sure. And when it comes to something like the banking too, it then has all those other benefits, right? When, when you're looking at it much more frequently, then you can see when you're like, Ooh, that's, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of low over there or like, I need to up my game for my marketing or whatever it happens to be like, Oh, I, I really need to get more clients. Like it, it helps us really stay on top of things so much more when we're doing any of these types of tasks more frequently. It just, it has wide reaching benefits and we also enjoy it more and it feels less overwhelming. So that's always fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It's a lot less anxiety involved. Oh yeah. Every day. <laughs> so uh what are the top mistakes that people make when like working at home? That's a good one. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is trying to completely separate their personal life with their professional life right? Trying to completely separate them. And instead, what we really want to do is make sure that they work in conjunction with each other. We want our personal life and our professional life to be aligned. And ideally, both our, our personal goals and our professional goals should, should they, they again, should be in alignment, right? Like they should be, we should be working towards sort of the same things. 
um, they should support one another really. Mm -hmm. And so while it's absolutely really, really good to have a separate home office that's just for work and that kind of thing, at the same time, you also want to give yourself that grace, that space to ensure that when personal stuff comes up, which it absolutely does when we work from home, and again, especially during these times, when it comes up that it doesn't derail us completely or that we don't see it as this huge um, problem or obstacle. Instead, we need to kind of look at, okay, how can, how can these two things work together? How can they work much more in conjunction? So when people try to say, you know, okay, for this, these five hours, I'm only going to work. I'm not going to deal with any personal stuff. Well, you, you need to give yourself a little bit more flexibility. They don't need to be completely separate, right? You want to give your professional life, of course, you want to give it that focused attention. But at the same time, if your personal life comes into it, that's okay too. And really looking at how can, how can these two things um, be in balance a lot more. And another thing, another mistake that a lot of people make when they're working from home, which is a huge mistake that I made when I first started working from home, is not having clear focused priorities. So really not having a strong idea when you wake up in the morning or when you start the week, what am I supposed to be doing today or this week, right? What am I supposed to be working on? And so one of the ways that I like to do this is by breaking large projects down into much smaller tasks and really only having, you know, two or maybe three tasks per day max, right? Like two, two or three, like sort of big things that you need to actually get done. Um, and breaking big projects down is a really, really great thing that we should all be doing on an ongoing basis. You want to be able to look at your long-term goals. Um, you know, if you have like a three-year goal, how does that break down into a one-year goal? How does that break down into six months, three months? And then how can you break that down into smaller tasks that you then need to have for each week and then each day, right? So it's really ensuring that all of these pieces add up and they work towards our larger goals so that everything has a lot of clarity and a lot of focus to it. That's going to make such a huge difference. And the third mistake that I see a lot of people making is trying to copy and paste exactly what someone else is doing and applying that to their own situation. But the thing is that everyone is different. We all have extremely different um, learning styles, extremely different home situations, um, professional backgrounds, all of these different types of things. So we can get a lot of ideas and inspiration from other people, that's super important. But what we really need to do is adapt those methods to fit to our unique situation and really focusing on what makes me feel good, what makes sense for where my business is at at this point and where my life is at, where my brain is at, all of these types of things. So ensuring that we're adapting things, customizing them to our unique situations is very important. Absolutely. I love that um, because I, I definitely see a lot of people like, um, they'll tell people like, this is what you should be doing. You should make your, your morning schedule and it should look like this. And then like for myself, like I would get overwhelmed sometimes when I'm like, man, I don't know how to read for 15 minutes and then, and then meditate for three minutes <laughs> and then go like go for a run for 20 minutes and like stick to this super like rigid schedule. Um, and I know like it, it's overwhelming for me. So I could definitely see how that would be like overwhelming for a lot of other people um, trying to follow other people's schedules. That's not really their own. Yeah, for sure. 
And I also like the piece you said about breaking down these bigger projects into a much smaller tasks that you need to accomplish. Because I've realized in, in the past that, um, like, kind of like you said, like, you could look at something and it could be extremely overwhelming. Like, me and Jasmine, we're working on this course that we're trying to release. release and the the funny part about it is most of the content is kind of created, but pulling it all together in a specific order can be kind of hectic because it's like all these ideas and then you got to explain it in an order where somebody else will understand, not just how you'll understand it. And um, that was like really, really hard for me because one, I wasn't in a mental space uh, to be very effective at that like last week. Um, But now I've just been working on it bit by bit every single day. And we've actually made a lot of progress. We still got some more to go, but we've made a lot of progress um, this week as opposed to last week where it felt like I didn't really do much of anything with the uh, the course. So uh, that, that definitely helps for sure. And for any of our listeners or uh, viewers, I would definitely do that if I were you. Because if you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're not an entrepreneur and you're just somebody who have really big goals, I mean, it's it's effective to break it down. So that is not overwhelming for you. Mm. Yeah, having bite-sized pieces makes everything so much more manageable. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. So so a question I wanted to ask um, is, I know that everyone doesn't have, like, they don't follow the same schedule, but um, what are some like productive ways for people to actually get that schedule or the task out? Like, um, do you recommend certain people using like sticky notes and then some people using like the Google calendar or like one of those pretty calendars, like pretty notebook calendars? Um, so what what is your take on like writing those down? Yeah, so I feel, I feel very strongly that everyone needs to do things ac- things according to their productivity style. And that's actually the foundational thing that I teach inside Productivity Powerhouse is doing this assessment to identify your own productivity style. Um, Part of that is rooted in our learning styles. So understanding if we are more of a visual person or a tactile person um, or a verbal person, right? All of those different types of things are going to help us identify whether something is better for us to have, yeah, sticky notes that are color-coded versus some kind of a software versus a spreadsheet um, versus a day planner or some kind of a combination of these different things, right? I mean, personally, I like to have a combination of a few different methods. Um, so that that is definitely a key piece. And also checking in with ourselves on an ongoing basis because, again, our businesses are going to change and our Uh, perspective on things and our attitude towards things will also change. Mm -hmm. So we need to adjust our task list method accordingly. What worked for us a few years ago won't necessarily work for us now. Likewise, if we're working as solopreneurs, that is a very, that's probably going to have a different um, task task list method compared to if we're working in a team setting. So I found that something like Trello was useful for me whenever I was working with people in a team setting, but for myself as an individual, I, I don't find it helpful at all. And that's just me, you know, someone else might find it 
great as a solopreneur. Um, so it does come down to identifying your personal productivity style, understanding your learning style, and then checking in with yourself and adjusting things based on how your business has changed and where you're at right now. Absolutely. And I really like how you made the differentiate the differentiation between uh, working as a solopreneur and working in a team, because I know when uh, me and Jasmine first started our business together, our roles were extremely different and they hardly ever crossed over. So she had her way of keeping track of things. I had my way. Uh, usually I wrote it down as a note in my phone <laughs> and uh, probably forgot it, probably didn't just depended on the day. Um, but she was very organized. Uh, she wrote everything down by hand. And when our business, um, our avenue, what we do in business when they started to cross a little bit and we needed to schedule with each other more, it was like ridiculous when we first started doing it because she would have things written down. I don't know where the notebook is. I don't know what page of the notebook the schedule's on. And I have, uh, I just had no clue what was going on today because we started doing a lot of meetings together with other people. And I'm like, so I always ask her, all right, what do we have today? And we got so sick and tired. Well, she got sick and tired of that. I could ask you all day, what do we have? Um, as long as you're okay He's, with answering. But everybody don't get full. He still asks me to this day, what are we doing today? But not as much. And, and we use a was... Google Calendar that we both have on our phones. Yeah. So now today we have a Google Calendar. So I'll ask her once a day, like right now, but not, um, it used to be like multiple times. Like every time we got done with something, all right, what's next? I don't know what's next. Um, so it's a lot better uh, than what it used to be because we had to kind of pivot the way that we uh, keep our our schedules aligned. Mm -hmm. So that was a good point. Yeah, yeah, and even like the how like your brains work differently, right? And may and maybe for you, like you just find that it's also helpful to verbalize it and to hear out loud from someone else. What are we working on today, right? Whereas yeah. like Jasmine, for you, maybe it's just your brain works in a way that you like being able to see everything written down or you like writing it down yourself, right? So it's, it is interesting how our brains understand and um, comprehend things differently. And like we're able to process things and organize our days based on that, but we might have completely different, you know, again, learning styles and productivity styles for doing that. So it, it does get tricky when you have different sorts of styles and you need to Absolutely. accommodate that for each other right it's tricky yeah it is tricky but <laughs> once you like master it it, it becomes very interesting because I remember one time we had got into like an argument it wasn't a bad argument but it was like we were kind of upset with each other and I wanted to resolve it but I knew talking to her wasn't going to do any good so I started texting <laughs> her because I think she's more visual so I, we texted for like a little while and like kind of resolve the argument through text and I was like I didn't know I could do that like I gotta <laughs> yeah. remember that like that's a mental note like because she's very visual and I'm very like I need to hear it yeah <laughs> and things kind of matter to me but um it's very different and I feel like when you're able to pivot and kind of cross over to your partners or your team's way of communicating uh it makes everything a lot more effective mm -hmm. so true so um, this is a question that I've been waiting to get to, honestly, because um, so even though we're business partners, we're also in a relationship. 
So when she gets burnt out, I have to deal with that. <laughs> it's not like she gets burnt out and we both go home. <laughs> like she's burnt <laughs> out and we're still in the same place, um, which could be very interesting. And because I'm a lot more, I think, relaxed in the way that I do things, like it's, it's when I feel myself burning out, I, I really just kind of back away from it, honestly, because I'm not good for anybody for like the next three days if I'm burnt out. So in your opinion, how does somebody prevent uh, getting burnt out by work? Because, you know, as a solopreneur or entrepreneur or like even, you know, somebody who's a parent um, who also has a job, whatever the case may be, I feel like this world we live in can be very overwhelming. And I know people that get burnt out from from work a lot and it becomes it becomes something that's not even enjoyable anymore. And I feel like the quality of work goes down and it's just this domino effect. And my question to you is how can people avoid that? Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. You're, you're totally right. It is such a domino effect. Like when one, when one piece there, once we start burning out, it has yeah, really detrimental effects in all of these different aspects of our yeah, per personal life and professional life. And one of the really great ways that we can prevent it from happening at all um, is to be checking in with ourselves on a very regular basis. Um, and this is both checking in with ourselves personally and professionally again, right? Because we want those two things in alignment. They need to support one another. So I like to actually do this every morning when I wake up. And like, it's not, it's not like it's a, you know, 20 minute thing. It doesn't need to be journaling or anything like that. I actually just do it when I'm lying in bed. When I first wake up, I just sort of check in and I'm like, how am I feeling right now? How am I, am I happy with my workload? Right? Like what are, what is my, what emotions am I feeling? And if I find myself kind of dreading something that I have to do or not being interested to get out of bed, cause I'm like, oh, I have this task to do today. Then I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And if that happens several days in a row, then you know that there's a very big problem going on. Um, if you're waking up every morning and you're excited to, to go to work, you're like, you're feeling good, happy, energized, that's fantastic. But when we can really check in with ourselves on that very regular basis, and again, it can be a 30 second process, right? It, it takes a little bit longer in the beginning, but when we do it more and more, then it becomes very um, much more natural and, and immediate to identify those sorts of feelings. Um, but when we can do that, when we can see how we're feeling, then we can really make sure that we are on the right track for our goals. Um, I also do a more comprehensive version of this on a weekly basis. So it's a weekly audit, a weekly check-in uh, to review the past week and plan for the week ahead, but also again, really seeing how do I feel about these different things? Um, and if there is any kind of burnout happening or if I'm starting to feel like I'm being a little bit drained or overwhelmed, then that's a sign to take a step back. Mm -hmm. It's also important that we recognize our personal signs of burnout because again, we're all different people. We all have different um, symptoms and different coping mechanisms when burnout starts to happen. Mm -hmm. So the more that we can identify exactly what our personal signs of burnout are, the better. And often, especially in relationships, we can see it in the other person before they can see it in themselves, right? So my spouse, he can see when something's, you know, not quite right. And he tells me, he's like, Sagan, I think that this is going on with you. And I'm like, 
is it though? And then I realized, oh yes, of course, because when you're that third party perspective, like you can just see things in a different way and you can almost alert the other person, you know what? It's time for you to take a step back. You need to go rest. You need to recuperate. You need to re-energize because you know, by tomorrow or three days from now, you are not going to be in a good place. So no. <laughs> having that is important. Absolutely. So how, like, what is that line um, between like when you need rest and then when you're like kind of just avoiding things and almost like being lazy? Like, you know, how do you determine where that line is? I love that question. And I think that this is a really, really important thing because so often we end up, we're not honest with ourselves and we just make excuses and we pretend that it's because, oh, this is to prevent burnout or whatever, when actually, no, we're just making excuses. Um, so one of the ways that I like to do this is to uh, task switch. So if I find that I'm really struggling with a particular task or I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by it or I'm you know, again, that sort of energy draining type of thing, then I switch to a different task. And ideally it will require a different type of creativity or a different um, way of thinking, right? So I might switch from, you know, writing a piece of content for a client to uh, organizing my plan for the upcoming week, right? Just two completely different ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. And if I find that I'm still struggling to focus and I'm still burnt out, then I'm like, mm, that's weird. Then I'll switch to another task because it could just be a fluke. It could just be a coincidence. But if by that third task, still not feeling good, then okay, that, that is a sign that the rest needs to happen. Yeah. Another really great way to identify when we are just having excuses is to do those weekly audits. So part of the weekly audit that's really important is to go through a comprehensive list of questions in terms of, what did I plan to do last week and what didn't I end up accomplishing and why didn't I accomplish it? Mm -hmm. And so we write that down. And then on you know, a monthly basis, perhaps, I, I usually like doing it about once a month, you can glance through, skim over, what did I write for the last four weeks? Oh, look at that. There's this one task that every week I had some kind of reason for, oh, it couldn't happen because this happened in my life or this unexpected thing occurred so I had to put it on the back burner. And when that happens, you know, if it happens a couple times, it could just be a fluke. It could be a coincidence. If it's happening every single week, then you know, okay, I'm just coming up with excuses. So what's really going on here? And then you can like dive deep to figure out why do I keep procrastinating on this one thing? Or why am I so afraid to do this or whatever it happens to be? So I love that about the weekly audits because it, it's, it's there in writing. Like you can see your past self what you were thinking at the time, you know, and you can see, okay, I'm, I'm coming up with excuses. And I will also say that those weekly audits, I mean, I like to do it as writing, but there's so many different ways that you can do it again, based on your productivity style and your learning style. You can do it, you know, speaking out loud into an audio recorder. You can videotape yourselves talking about it with like together, right? Doing it as a collaborative process. Um, you can diagram it out, draw it out. There's so many different ways that you can do it depending on what works for you, but, but checking in with yourself regularly is very helpful. I really like that idea. I think I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really interesting. The things that come out. I mean, I, I was quite shocked um, by a couple of the things that I realized I was making excuses for. And I, 
I had no idea. And I consider, and again, like, I mean, I'm the kind of person who checks in with myself every single day. Am I happy with where my life is going, where my business is going? Like, I'm always like very on top of these types of things. But until I started doing this weekly audit, uh, it was really incredible how much I had been hiding behind certain things that we don't even realize. And like to this day, you know, I still, you know, see things come up because things will just continue to come up for us. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's, it's interesting how much we can learn from doing that. I like it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the number one takeaway you'd like somebody to really get from this podcast episode? The more that you understand about yourself, the more that you can really create the perfect systems and strategies and process for your unique business. So I would really say, you know, there's so much benefit to, again, assessing that productivity style, our unique productivity style, and adjusting our plans and tasks accordingly, right? So being very flexible with all of that. And then, you know, maximizing that by adapting and customizing methods to our unique situations and routinely checking in with ourselves. So the more that we can understand about ourselves, the more that we can do and we can really maximize and the more progress that we can make and the happier that we will be and the more fulfilled we will be in both our personal life and our professional life. Yeah. Yeah. That's really brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I like how this is really about being self-aware of your mentality, your habits, uh, the way you communicate, uh, the things that you like and don't like, and you can really uh, tailor it to the type of person you are. And the thing that I really like about this podcast episode is that I feel like regardless of what type of personality you have, there's nuggets in here that anybody could really take away and use. Like you could be a very disorganized person, which I can be at times. And I've definitely taken away a lot. She's super organized and I know she's taken away a lot. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just very, um, has a lot of variety to it. And I really like that. Yeah. And oh, did you want to ask the next one? Okay. Um, so you are on the Abundant Culture podcast, and we have to ask every guest this question, whether it's in your personal life or your business life, um, how do you spread abundance? I think one of the big things is really about, you know, being transparent about what is what works for me, again, both in my personal life and my professional life, and then exploring that on a deeper level and pulling out takeaways that people can apply to their unique situation, right? Like, just like you said, like, to me, that's, that's really how I go about spreading abundance is figuring out, you know, what's working for me, for me, and how can, how can we then pull out different pieces and apply this to other ways that other people can, can benefit from it. And I also find that, you know, when we are honest about who we are, and when we're really true to ourselves, our hearts are happy, right? And so the more that we can live that, the more that we can really identify what makes my heart happy and that we can express that, um, the more that we just naturally share that feeling of joy and the more that we empower other people. And that's that to me is, is really important. Absolutely. I love that. I agree. So um, you've given us so much information mm-hmm. about productivity and I think it's so important, especially with what's going on now, you know, if you're going to be in the house for like basically another month, <laughs> it, 
it might be advantageous to actually get something done because yeah. um, I don't know when we'll ever have this um, opportunity, if that's what you want to call it again. <laughs> I don't plan to ever have this opportunity again <laughs> if, I, if I can help it. Uh, but you've given us so much information and there might be somebody watching this who maybe they have a podcast or a radio show and they want to interview you. Um, maybe they just want to get in contact with you because they're interested in being a, uh, a client and learning more about you and your business. For whatever reason, how can somebody either get in, into contact with you or your team? Yeah, um, well, you can always email me, hello at saganmorrow.com. I spend a lot of time on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at saganlives. And I recently put together a resources page on my website specifically for people who are working from home. Um, so you can access that at saganmorrow.com slash resources. And if you wanna just jump right into all of this productivity stuff, then um, absolutely enroll in my productivity powerhouse course at saganmorrow.com slash powerhouse. That's awesome. awesome. Great. So thank you again, Sagan, so much for the wealth of knowledge that you've given, not only our listeners, but to ourselves. We really, truly appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No problem. So that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you got as much value out of this as we did. Keep in mind, the only way we can improve is through constructive feedback. So remember to rate and review this episode. Also, you are not the only person that needs to know this super valuable information. So be sure to subscribe and share as well. Stay tuned for the next episode. And remember to always spread abundance. Peace.